Broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Altoona. I don't know how to begin this show. That was a ugly, ugly loss yesterday to the Buffalo Bills by the final score of 21-13. to And at times it didn't even feel that close. Uh, lots to talk about in this one. And the Packers have gone in six days' time from the team everyone expected to have a very, very strong opportunity at the number one seed in the NFL to being one loss on Sunday away from not being in the playoffs at all, uh, if you can believe that. And yesterday, man, it just brought everything into a new perspective about what this team might be going forward. And I guess, Matt, at the risk of, uh, or before I overstate your opinion, uh, what are your thoughts on yesterday having let it digest for about 24 hours? Well, I mean, obviously, just the disgusting sloppiness of the whole game is just kind of what you're left with, and just kind of the the depressed feeling of of losing that when you just felt like you were, you know, you were definitely the better team. Their offense was inept, but it was just your own mistakes that cost you a huge game. Um, I, I guess there's nothing else to say about it other than that. I, I mean. Some people are kind of freaking out a little bit, and some people are on the other end of things saying, you know, it doesn't matter, we're still going to win the division. But it's huge. I mean, for all of us who kind of think that home field advantage is such a, an important thing for the Packers this year, I mean, this is a game you should have won and you didn't, and it's probably going to cost you that. Yeah, it's absolutely going to cost them that. And I know we've had some comments on the Facebook page ranging, uh, just like you described, um, and uh, Corey, one of our great fans, mentioned that he thought it was a meaningless game in Buffalo, and, and with all due respect, that's far from the truth, um, and uh, in a sense, I guess, but I'm going to do a little bit of a good news, bad news thing here. The good news is the Packers still control their own destiny for the number two seed, so maybe Corey's right in that sense, where if the Packers win their last two games, which they'll probably be favored in both of them, they will still be the number two seed, and they're still in okay shape if um, Philadelphia loses to Washington and Dallas wins against Indianapolis whether or not the Packers lose to Tampa Bay, they will clinch a playoff berth on Sunday. Um, and then if the Packers win, then that makes it even that much easier. But the bad news is it's almost impossible now for the Packers to win home field advantage. Uh, the only reasonable scenario at this point is they need Seattle to beat Arizona next week, and then Seattle has to lose at home to the St. Louis Rams on the last game of the season. Or Arizona could win and beat... Um, San Francisco, then they would win the division, and then the Packers have a... Uh, they still have to beat Arizona with the strength of victory there. And 
the Cowboys own almost every tiebreaker over the Packers, so any matchup of the 11 and 5 Cowboys against an 11 and 5 Packer team for a wild card slot, the Cowboys will make the playoffs and the Packers will not. And so they lost a lot yesterday and they still control their own destiny for the 2 seed, but they lost the opportunity to get home field advantage and as you alluded to, if it's not clear to everyone after yesterday that this team has to have home field advantage to go to the Super Bowl. You're, for lack of a better term, you're a delusional homer. <laughs> yeah, and I know I definitely heard comments about that and how they did it in 2010, but it's just, I mean, it's been night and day. You look at a, a very important game you go to yesterday, and I don't want to say they didn't show up, but it sure looked like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen this team play like this. I can't remember a game where they... They've been outclassed more than that before, but they haven't just made so many stupid mistakes and just drops and penalties and just just dumb things that you wouldn't normally see just constantly, almost like every other play it seemed like. You just don't see that. So for that to be that mentally unstable kind of going into such a big game, it was just absolutely shocking. Yeah, and the only one I can really think of is the game against Kansas City in 2011 yeah. <laughs> where it was the same opposing quarterback, it was the same week of the season, until the safety it was almost the, exa- the same final score, um, the same exact final score. So, yeah, but even that game, it felt like, I think Aaron Rodgers had like an 80 or 90 quarterback rating of that one. That one just felt like they had just run out of steam. You weren't going to go 16-0. and It just felt like that was going to happen. They didn't have a whole lot on the line in that game other than trying to win home field advantage, and they just had to win any one of their last three games, and they were going to do it. This one felt huge. Like, I was waiting for them to come out and make a statement. I got increasingly more concerned about this game as the week went on, and for them to just be so bad, and really on offense, and maybe we can assign some blame here. There's a lot of blame to go around, but... I thought Aaron Rodgers, he had a 34.3 passer rating. That's the worst day for a Packer quarterback since Brett Favre in 2006. And it's one of the worst appearances um, of any quarterback this season, and it's the worst appearance of any kind in Aaron Rodgers' career. That's including mop-up duty in 05 in that 48-3 blowout against the Ravens, and mop-up duty with a broken foot losing 35 to nothing to the Patriots in 2006. I mean, this was the worst day of his career by far. I mean, he played like Anthony Dillwig out there yesterday. I mean, he didn't even play like bad Brett Favre. He played like Don Mikowski right after he tore his rotator cuff. I mean, this he was brutal. He was late on everything. He seemed indecisive at times. And, I mean, you're going to have a bad day, but, gosh, to me, that just scares the heck out of me going forward when... You're playing a good defense, and it, you you can't have Aaron Rodgers be disastrous. You have to have him be a little bit better than that. And I guess what my question to you, Matt, before I go off on a huge tangent, is that um, how concerned are you about this performance of Aaron Rodgers uh, yesterday? I guess I wouldn't say I'm con- I'm concerned about Aaron Rodgers' game, but I'm very concerned that you're going to potentially see a team like this Week 17 in Detroit. You're going to potentially see a team like Seattle in the playoffs. That and can maybe Detroit again. Things. Yeah, I mean, they can do the same things that Buffalo can do. They've got a great front. They've got physical corners that can push you around. And we already saw it against Detroit earlier in the year. That That's the recipe. Just not that many teams can do it. But if you're going to go to a Super Bowl, you've got to play a few teams that can do it. So, um 
it's not great in that regard, I guess. It makes me feel just as uneasy as I have all along playing Seattle, whether at home or away. It's just, it's such a bad matchup for this offense. And, and Rodgers just seemed from the get-go, he's like, he knew the pressure was coming with only four guys coming at him. So he knew he had to make things happen, but the, the routes were thrown off of their timing, and he just, he made like five very uncharacteristic Aaron Rodgers throws where he just seemed like, I don't want to take a sack. I'm sick of throwing it away. I'm just going to force it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he, he paid twice, but he could have thrown another three interceptions. Yeah, and paradoxically, that's what I've called for for years. <laughs> but but I think it wasn't necessarily that he was making bad choices. He was just make, missing the throws. And I don't know if he psyched himself out. I was shocked all week listening to McCarthy talk about, oh, man, Buffalo's a tough place to play. Well, nobody told the last 15 years' worth of opponents that because Buffalo has sucked since the turn of the century everywhere. And so I don't understand this big thing that we're supposed to be afraid of the Buffalo Bills, and the whole team played like they were playing the Seahawks. I'm like, give me a break. I don't know if they just psyched themselves out for that or they just weren't feeling it. Your theory was that they all went out drinking all night the day before. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that's a possibility as well. But I, I'm not that concerned about Aaron Rodgers. I will say that I think yesterday lost him the MVP award. Uh, I think it's likely going to go to Andrew Luck now unless he just has a complete meltdown. And if he somehow beats Dallas, especially if it's a competitive game where he has to come back, I, I would – I would be surprised if Andrew Luck didn't win the MVP award. Uh, do you have any thought on that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the, the voters for the MVP. I guess I'm not quite as high on Luck's season as you might be. I mean, he's thrown for more yards and touchdowns, I think, than anybody. But I think statistically you might be able to still put Rodgers ahead of him. And I think the records are the same right now, right? So They are. It's going to be pretty much – we'll see how the last two games come down. You could maybe say DeMarco Murray got a boost there, but he might not even play next week because he broke his hand. So yeah. it's uh, it's going to come down to the wire. Not that the MVP really means that much to me, but, I mean, he, it definitely got closer. I'll say that for sure. He had it in the bag, and it no longer has it in the bag. Yeah, they got two more road games. If they beat Dallas in some kind of impressive fashion, Andrew Luck right now with two games to play has 4,500 yards, 38 touchdowns, and – He's playing for a team that I think everybody in the world knows is awful. Uh, their leading rusher is Trent Richardson with 507 yards. Oh. Uh, now, Bradshaw's got 425, so it's not like they're totally inept running the football. But I think, I, I don't know, maybe maybe people will forget easier than me, and I haven't seen every throw Andrew Luck's made this year uh, like I have for Aaron Rodgers. But, gosh, a 34.3. Is just terrible, and and like you said, he could have thrown six interceptions yesterday. Uh, he was just late on a ton of them. He should have thrown a pick six that Jordy Nelson broke up. Um, you're allowed to have days like those, but I guess the thing that really concerns me, I don't know what the answer is, and and maybe Aaron and, and Mike don't know the answer. You just have an off day. Fine, that's that can happen, but. It's the same story that we've had with this team for a long time is that remember when we talked about the Giants in 2011 and how the Giants were able to shut down that offense and yeah. and then they come back in 2012 and they whoop them worse. They bookended each of the last two seasons losing to San Francisco in much just different manners, but they still can't adjust for the same things. They can't contain Kaepernick or they can't find a way to stretch that defense. It's they just never seem to be able to adjust to these opponents. And we've talked all year that the week one loss to Seattle and the week three loss to Detroit, that those were early season anomalies and Eddie Lacy hadn't gotten going yet. 
and that wouldn't happen again. And, and I don't know if we've said that, but that's the general sense that fans and reporters have said, well, this is a different team now. They've made the adjustments. Well, yesterday proved that, no, they didn't. They did not make the adjustments. The, the counter to that was supposed to be Eddie Lacy. And Eddie Lacy played like Emmett Smith yesterday, and it didn't matter. And I don't know what caused that, but, but again, I'm just I'm very upset about this game, so I'm I'm going off on too much of a tangent. But to me, it just felt like you found the answer. Eddie Lacy and James Starks were the answer, and Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers couldn't help themselves. They still kept throwing. Yeah, it's like this offense is perfectly equipped to to just destroy average to bad defenses. But if you run into a perfect mix like like we've seen with these teams like San Francisco or Detroit or Seattle, it's just they can't figure it out. It's the cover, too. I, I remember what game that was that uh, Aaron Rodgers blamed them not being real successful because they were playing cover, too. I think that was Detroit. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? It's almost like they're so dependent on these timing routes, and if they get thrown off at all, they're just so flustered and they can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hopefully they get it figured out and they turn that around. But it's, uh, it's, yeah, it doesn't look good for a long playoff run if you can't do it against Buffalo. Well, in all fairness, you know, when the cover two was developed to slow down Johnny Unitas, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's a brand new cutting edge, a, uh, cutting edge defense. So it's hard to find answers for that. Well, I mean, if you run it perfectly, it is really hard to beat, but it, it just seems like even if you had run it fairly well against this offense, you're going to slow down the offense enough that you can put up enough points to win. I mean, even a team like Buffalo with a terrible offense mm-hmm. was still able to put up enough points to beat us against it. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's scary. Well, and I understand it's a solid defense. It takes a ridiculously talented team and a ridiculously disciplined team to execute it uh, properly. I mean, we've seen tons of teams try to copy the Tampa 2, and none of them look like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of Tony Dungy and of uh, Monty Kiffin. But still, that's the thing that scared me the most about this game. Let's not lose sight of the fact that these were the Buffalo Bills. I don't care that they're they're eight and six. They were seven and six. This was not the '85 Bears. This was not the 2002 Tampa Bay Bucks. These are the Buffalo Bills. Barring a miracle, this team is not going to the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. And yes, their defense is impressive. But you're supposed to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in history and an offensive mind with some of the greatest offensive weapons, a Super Bowl championship team, and you're telling me that a team that can run the cover two is enough to completely stymie your offense? I mean, that that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, no, I completely agree, but it has been. So they've, they've got to figure something out. Do you, do you have any reason to believe why they're going to? No, I, I mean, we've seen it too many times. I guess that's why I can't add anything else onto it is because we need to see them do it, and they haven't. I mean, they're constantly playing teams like this, and they haven't been able to figure it out. So I don't know what they can figure out at this point, I guess. I other than a complete shift in their in their scheme for their offense against a team like this. But, I mean, like you said, the Bills, their defense has been one of the best in the NFL this year. But New England torched them. I mean, they've been beat. So, you know, maybe look at some film from teams like that that have done it and see what 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 can they do, really, that we can't do, a team like New England. So maybe kind of... I know what they can do. They can commit to running the ball, even though they have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, well, I mean, if you were to look in hindsight yesterday, you look back on it, you would have been better off running Lacey and, and Starks the whole game rather than throwing it. And, and even in the second half yesterday, I was still like, well, let Rodgers wing it, he'll figure it out, he's going to win this game, and it didn't happen. And I'm sure McCarthy was feeling the same way, but had you just let Lacey handle it all day long, you, you'd remove those turnovers, mm-hmm. and you probably score more points, and you end up winning. Yeah, and, and I think... 
it's easy to to blame hindsight, but you didn't have to be a coaching genius to see that Aaron Rodgers started the game six of twenty two, and Eddie Lacy had seventy two yards on eight carries. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, they ended the game one hundred and fifty eight yards rushing on twenty five attempts. Aaron Rodgers one hundred eighty five yards on forty two attempts. And this was not a game that got out of hand. It was not like Seattle where they were down 30 points. They spent the majority of the game down by six or less. Mm-hmm. And so, gosh, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I want to say that I don't believe that I think this team is going anywhere, and it's really irritating to me. But I, I guess I don't want to say that yet. But in, against Detroit, they have to stick with Eddie Lacy if it's working because they – did Buffalo deserve to win that game? The way that Aaron Rodgers played, they talk, a lot of the talk was about how great that defense was for Buffalo. But Aaron Rodgers was late on every throw, and they willfully went away from the run, even though it was working, and that offense sucks for Buffalo. It's the defense of the Packers gave up 12 points, and I have a hard time believing maybe that... I don't know. I, I just I think it's scary that you lose a game like this to a team like Buffalo, who didn't do a whole heck of a lot to take it away from you. What are you going to do when you're playing Detroit or Seattle, who do have the ability to compound what Buffalo did to you yesterday? Yeah, with a better defense and a more potent offense for both of those teams, too, potentially. So, yeah, it's a scary thought. I mean, you could even run as well as we did yesterday, but that might not be enough to put up enough points for what they put up against our defense, even. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this is just a tough one. Um I don't know. I, I was going to ask you, who do you rank as the top three most responsible for this loss? I don't know if you want to do that real fast. Uh, top three. Uh, I guess it would have to be all offensive. I, I'll put uh, Rodgers one, McCarthy two, and I guess just kind of a summation of the receivers not playing well. I guess I'd say Jordy three for that big drop, which in essence cost them the game or a chance to win it. Yeah, and that was oh, <laughs> that was a rough one, and I think definitely he's got to haul that in and bring it. Uh, I don't know if he would have scored a touchdown, but he certainly would have prolonged the drive, and he, mm-hmm. it looked like he probably would have scored a touchdown. Yeah, it was close. There was a safety over the top, but we've seen him burn people all year like that, so I think he probably would have. I was thinking about that all day, about, oh my gosh, you know, he cost them a chance to take the lead, but I read a comment on one of the news stories about this game, and a guy said, I'm not mad at Jordy for the drop, because yes, he cost the team a touchdown, he also saved them a touchdown, because Rodgers would have thrown a pick six had he not knocked it away on that bubble screen. Well, yeah, it, that's true, but I mean, just because you make a good play doesn't mean you can have a devastatingly awful play in, in a game either. Like, you, they don't cancel out, you don't get one play a game. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Jordy, I was just trying to help him out. Um... That was a nice play, but it doesn't make up for that, I don't think. No, I, and I think you're right. And I think the time of the game has to factor in. It's one thing giving up a pick six in the second quarter. It's another thing dropping the go-ahead touchdown with eight minutes to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to have some of the situational part take uh, some impact on that. Um, yeah, so they said there were more drop passes by the Packers today than any game from any team in the NFL since 2008. Buccaneers? Buccaneers, yes. Uh, I think Carolina or something like that. But... I don't know how many, they seem to give drops all the time. Like, are, are they calling that Jared Boykin drop when Aaron Rodgers threw the ball at his face 400 miles an hour when there's a guy on his back? Like, does that count as a drop? Because it feels like a lot of times, uh, I was watching it, uh, my girlfriend graduated from, from college and I was watching it with uh, some of her, her relatives and 
people are just watching the game and commenting, so I'm not blaming anybody here. But there's one where a ball gets thrown a corless like an inch off the ground, and I hear somebody like, oh, man, you got to catch the ball. I'm like, holy cow, we're blaming guys for not catching balls when they're running away from a ball that's going to hit them in the ankle? I mean, I think I would like to count those drops because I feel like the quarterback gets a little bit too much leeway on some of these drops. Yeah, and they definitely do take those into account. If there's a guy hitting them, I don't think they count them. So, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch. I obviously wasn't telling them, and I was surprised at the end of the game that they said there was that many. I definitely remembered a few distinct ones, but didn't remember that many. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't... But they play yeah. bad. I mean, the receivers weren't getting open either, so maybe yeah. if you just throw that stat on top of them, it kind of summarizes the game they had overall. Yeah, Cobb played well. Yeah, um, he did. And they seem to be using him pretty well underneath. I mean, because he had, what, 96 yards on seven catches, which isn't a t- whole lot. But I guess I would just have to see this game again. But I I don't understand why they can't adjust. I mean, yes, Buffalo has a solid defense and Seattle has a solid defense. But I don't – the Packers' offense looks like it can't do anything. And we've talked about this for the whole duration of this podcast since it existed in 2012. The Giants used to do it to the Packers. If they can't hit the deep stuff, they, like, have no answer. They're like the kid – that has never watched football trying to play Madden. He's like, oh, let's, oh, four streaks to the end zone. Oh, they're all covered. What do I do now? And it feels like New England can do it, and and the the Broncos can do it. There's teams that can move the ball against these good defenses. There's no reason why a team as talented as ours can't adjust. As simple as every time they threw the ball to Eddie Lacy out of the backfield, it seems like he got ten yards and. I don't know. I'm mad, real mad today. <laughs> I feel like the yeah. season's over. I don't know about you, but I feel like this season is over. They had their chance, they lost it yesterday, and we're just playing out the string. I don't feel like it's over, but I feel about ten times less confident than I did on Saturday when I was pretty sure they were going to the Super Bowl. So, And now it's just kind of like rehashing this old injury again where it's like, ah, that kind of a team is just going to shut us down in the playoffs. So... It is a little depressing. I think they're still good enough that they could turn it around and potentially find some success or maybe even get lucky in the playoffs with their matchups. But uh, yeah, just n- my confidence is way down, but I don't think they're done yet. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we talked all off season and I, about how it was last year was so much fun just to get in the playoffs. It gave me new perspective on things, and this year has destroyed it again. I'm back to being a cynical fan, and... But I, I had a little bit of an awakening when I was driving home yesterday in that I'm not going to apologize anymore for thinking that it sucks when you have a team that's in the race every year with one of the best quarterbacks in history and finds a way to ruin it. And I equate it to this, is like, which has hurt worse in your time as a fan? I know yours is a little different than mine as far as devotion, but what hurt or hurts worse, the 15-1 and Packers or the Brewers collapse last year? I mean, I like them both a lot. I mean, granted, I like the Packers, but the Brewers collapse was like, oh, big deal, because I had no expectations. When you have expectations every year, it sucks when you fail to meet them. For you, what what felt worse? Was it the uh, 2011 Packers or the 2000, yeah, let's say 2011 Packers failing or the Rangers getting blasted in the Stanley Cup Finals last year? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I was going to say Packers over Brewers for sure. Um, oh, man, that's really hard. I... I guess I would still have to go Packers. I mean, I, I'm, I'm still a bigger Packer fan than I'm a Rangers fan, so I mean, that probably has a lot to do with it. But yeah, I didn't expect the Rangers to make that playoff run last year. They had some improbable wins in the postseason, so it was so cool just to get there, whereas the Packers, you had to win a Super Bowl or it wasn't a success. So that's probably what makes it a little bit more painful. 
Well, and that's just what I'm getting at is yeah. uh, I, I have arguments a lot with Packer fans where they're like, oh, well, at least you know, at least you're not Cleveland, or be happy you're not Buffalo. I'm like, well, I get that in a sense. Yes, we're spoiled. The Packers have been awesome since we were in kindergarten. But at the same point, it's like, it's that whole Red Sox versus Cubs, who was cursed worse. And having been on the more Red Sox side, I gotta say, it's more of the Red Sox. I mean, I hate getting, and it's not over yet, so I'm not trying to slam the door, but that's just how I'm feeling today. It felt like a playoff loss to me, and it's just another season where three weeks ago, it finally felt like, hey, we had fixed all those things that's wrong with us, and it's like, no, we were just hiding them. They're all still there. And that's we're gonna have thirty years of the best quarterbacking in history and have the same number of Super Bowls as Eli frickin' Manning. <laughs> and that's just what's hitting me in the face today and it's driving me insane. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about some other stuff. Um the Packers, like I said, if the Eagles lose to Washington and the Cowboys are either able to win against the Colts, then uh, they will clinch the NFC East, if I'm not mistaken. So the ninth best quarterback in the NFL uh, in RG3 has to beat the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Do yes, think- and he will be starting. So you'd like to think that maybe he can create a spark, but I think it's clear at this point that he's not going to do that. Well, they're at home, and the Eagles' defense looks pretty shaky. Lately. Yeah, and they're vulnerable, for sure, the Eagles are. I wouldn't be super surprised, but I, I can't imagine the Washington Redskins winning that game. Yeah, it, We're going to have to nice. do it ourselves, I think. <laughs> I don't I don't trust this team to do it themselves after yesterday. Well, I, I trust them in Week 16, but Week 17 might be a different story. I don't know. Up until yesterday, the worst two games of Aaron Rodgers' career that he started and finished are both in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did see people saying, well, Lovey Smith knows how to beat the Packers. Um, yeah, he beat Brett Favre a lot, but I think he's 2-9 and nine against Aaron Rodgers. So. And with a lot more talent than he has on the field <laughs> this Sunday against the Packers, too. Do you believe any of that idea that they needed a loss to kind of regain some some of that edge and to find uh, be a little bit more humble, or is that a bunch of BS? No, I think there's some truth to it. I, I still would have taken a win, but they just seem too complacent for such a big game, and then maybe it's good that they got woken up. I mean, it, we've talked about for the last three years that it always seems like Aaron Rodgers needs to create some kind of motivation for himself and maybe – Getting bumped out of the MVP top slot a little bit there, having a terrible game is maybe the spark he needed to get himself going back on, you know, get that same motivation going again here for the end of the year and the last push. So I don't know. I I put a little stock into it, not much, but if it's something, it it could work a little bit. I mean, you never know. Yeah, I mean, that's a big gamble to, I mean, yeah, obviously I'll, I'll they didn't take do it a win, on purpose. But you may be able to take some positives out of that loss. Yeah, and obviously they didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. Uh, that's just kind of how things worked out, but, uh, yeah, the way things are going, I was playing with the NFL playoff scenario generator here, and I do not see a scenario that doesn't have Seattle with home field throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't think they could beat, Seattle behind me at Titan Stadium in front of nobody on the campus of UW Oshkosh, much less at CenturyLink Field right now. I don't think they could. I don't know if I would bet on them to beat them at Lambeau right now. No, I don't think I would either. I would like their chances a lot more, but I would not pick them in Seattle. And it looks like if you're going to make it to the Super Bowl, that's exactly what you're going to have to do. I I don't see any way that the Cardinals with Lin, Lindsley or Lindley, whatever the heck that guy's name is, <laughs> Beat Seattle this weekend, so I mean you're probably looking at Seattle home field. So the fate of the Packers playoffs. Right, Lindley. 
Ryan Lindley and RG3 right now. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, obviously well, I, they could take care of their own business, but still. Yeah, really, I mean, your best case scenario at this point is if the Cardinals somehow pull off a miracle and you can get that two seed. To me, at this point, if the Cardinals are the one, a two is just as good as the one because I don't think that uh, Cardinals home field throughout is going to mean much. Yeah, and if the Cardinals beat Seattle and clinch home field advantage, Bruce Arians is officially the greatest coach in the history of yeah, organized absolutely. sports. Uh, that team has been so snake-bitten, and they're they're just incredible. I mean, they didn't win any kind of a, a style points defeating the Rams on Thursday, but, you know, they won. They yeah, exactly, so that's got to count for something. Uh, just toggling with the playoff generator as well, there is a very plausible way that Carolina could win the NFC South with a 6-9-1 and record. Wow. Um, they play Cleveland on Sunday, and so if they lose Cleveland, uh, lose Cleveland, lose against Cleveland, New Orleans loses tonight and then loses to Atlanta next week, which both could happen, then the winner of Atlanta versus Carolina is the NFC South champ in Week 17. And That's so, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Made it feel kind of bad for a Detroit or Philly team that misses that 10-6. and six. Yeah, and Philly's the one who's got the most precarious position now. If the Packers uh, win out, if the Lions win next week, and if the Cowboys win out, then uh, they're the, going to be the odd team out. So um, Detroit actually has some very reasonable uh, ways to clinch a playoff spot this week. Um, and I think I saw somebody in the AFC, like Pittsburgh, for some reason, is, is ahead of everybody. So if they win this week, they clinch. So they must have a bunch of tiebreakers over that logjam in the AFC. But... Um, <laughs> I really, really want, obviously I want Arizona to win, but I need to see the Saints host the Seahawks in that first yes. round of the playoffs because they just, the, the Saints are owed that, aren't they? Yeah, I think I might pick the Saints in that game, too. You would just think there'd be a little bit of retribution there. Yeah, that would be amazing. And, you know, a guy like Sean Payton certainly is not going to forget. And mm-hmm. um, So hopefully that can happen. There is, believe it or not, it's cliched to say there's a lot of season left. Um I'm trying to come back off that ledge, and um, <laughs> it's scary what happened yesterday to the Packers, but maybe if I'm going to completely do a 180 here, that Aaron Rodgers had the worst game of his life and had the ball in his hands with a chance to win at the end of the game on the road against the number four defense in the NFL. And so odds yeah. are he's never going to play that poorly again. And so if he can win these next two games, this team is still in a very strong position to potentially go to the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't think so, or do you just... <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I, you're in a position to win the game, but it's it's only because you were playing against an offense, which was pitiful, too. So, I mean, if you do yeah. that against any other team, you're blown out of the water. Yeah, but again, I mean, you could make the argument that the reason they were in that position in the first place was their own miscues and not that the Buffalo Bills defense was the 85 Bears. I mean, how many throws did Rodgers have where he had open guys and he threw it behind sure. him? I mean, I I don't know. It's I don't yeah, I can't. That's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, any care at all about what happens in the AFC playoffs? Is this a foregone conclusion that we're going to have Manning and Brady for the 491st time? No, I, I I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think teams like Baltimore and Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh and Indianapolis all have a shot. I mean, I think they're definitely the two best teams, but I could definitely see one of them getting upset early. So I think that'll be more interesting than the NFC if Seattle gets home field throughout. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting to see what happens. Uh, right now, we're both in pretty good contention for our Super Bowl picks because I have Seattle against New England and you have Denver against the Packers. So um, we'll see what happens there. Another thing I was trying to think, I have talked about this a lot through the history of this podcast, and I keep, I'm, I'm almost just this huge ebb and flow of emotions after a game like yesterday, but I still think you look at the schedule, the Packers can definitely still get that two seed, but what playoff road do you see for this team where you can confidently say they'll go to the Super Bowl? I mean, if they have to play, the, the thing that's scary is they could play Detroit two weeks in a row. Do you even, even at Lambeau, do you like the matchup of having to play Detroit twice in two, in three weeks? I mean, that's super scary. Then maybe at Seattle, then against New England again. Um, yikes, I gotta stop thinking about this stuff because it makes me, <laughs> I started feeling confident again and now I'm starting to get worried again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a daunting road for sure. I mean, you've, you've really gotta, I mean, Seattle's really the big one. I, I would feel co- pretty confident against most other teams. You don't have that San Francisco matchup this year. If you can somehow avoid Seattle, I feel pretty good. But that's asking a lot because <laughs> there's there's almost no scenario probably at this point where you don't see Seattle. Yeah, that's true. Don't you hate Jim Schwartz? I do hate Jim Schwartz. Yeah, he's the worst. I feel like what is he telling these players that they just get in fights all the time and just cheap-shotting people? I mean, Bills, you were like my second favorite team for the longest time, but that's over now. After yesterday, you have Jim Schwartz. You're carrying him off the field. He's on your squad. Doug Marone always has an ugly scowling face on his uh, on his face, face on his face, I guess. But, um, yeah, I just I thought they were real chippy and dirty, and I, it's the signature of a Jim Schwartz team, carrying yourself like you're the you-know-what when you haven't accomplished anything. And Gosh, is that the most annoying trait human beings can possess? Yeah, I'd like to watch a practice of theirs or of his, I guess, because it's been every team he's been on. I mean, the Titans were that way, the Lions were obviously that way. So, is he like literally telling players to, you know, if you get in a, in a fight, you know, chip shot somebody, hit them light, do whatever you got to do, or is it just the way he kind of carries himself? It kind of rubs off on people the wrong way, and they just don't correct stuff like that. It would be very interesting to find out because it's obviously his mo, and it hits a team really quick. Like Buffalo's only been with him for. Less than a year, and they're already that way. Yeah, it makes you a little bit amazed that when him and Sue were together, nobody died. (laughs) I mean, ugh, what a bunch of idiots. Um, Let's talk about the Packers' special teams, which has had a spectacular season. So far, they've had five blocks. Uh, Yesterday, they had a field goal blocked. They had some other near blocks, and then they gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Um, Now we finally got Mason Crosby back on board where everybody trusts him, and the offensive line can't block for him. I guess I haven't paid that close of attention because as much as people like to talk about special teams, especially in the modern NFL, it really doesn't matter all that much outside of maybe a game-winning field goal. But you could still obviously find other ways to win games. But have you seen a special teams unit that has had so much difficulty just blocking for the kicker? I mean, this is bad. Yeah, I would wonder what the record is. We've got to be getting close, I would think, at least in the modern NFL. I the first couple times it happens, it was in games where we were pretty far ahead and you felt okay, so you're like, ah, whatever. But now it's just like it keeps happening. So it's obviously a problem and they haven't fixed it yet. So they they have got to figure that out because it's going to keep happening because teams are figuring out how to do it. I don't know if there's something wrong with the offensive line that's blocking or what, but it's, it's just really bizarre because it hasn't been an issue before for us. Yeah, and all I've read is that people say that if they find a, a weakness, they'll keep exploiting it, which is, you know, football 101, but... 
you wonder what it could be because there's not that much complexity blocking for an extra point. No. So is there just somebody who can't do it? Uh, is there some guy who's just not very good? Are they slow to react? I don't know what it is, but um, gosh, you almost it's come to the point where you used to never trust Mason Crosby to kick a game winner. Now you're like, well, if he gets it off, he's got a good chance, but I'm not sure if that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, I don't think they lost because of that yesterday necessarily. Um, but but still, um, here's a stupid thing that I brought up. A lot of people, <laughs> or I thought up, I guess I'm bringing it up now. Mike McCarthy's getting a ton of blame, and I guess I have two questions for you. One, um, if McCarthy deserves any of the blame for yesterday or how much, and third, third, what am I talking about? Okay, second, <laughs> um, McCarthy, if they lose to Tampa. Is his job in jeopardy? As ridiculous as that sounds. Oh, that that's tough. I I mean, he definitely has to shoulder some of the blame for yesterday. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not a great called offensive game with the passing and kind of giving up on the run game. I'm not going to put it all on him. I think if Rodgers played better, you still win. Yeah. But I mean, if you if you lose to Tampa with the season on the line and then lose to Detroit. It would definitely be in jeopardy. I, I still don't think he would lose it, depending on how those games went. But it would be a discussion then. I don't think at this point you can even have that discussion. But it uh, it definitely would be more up in the air than it is. And it, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he left it. I just think that 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 group is is so close. I don't think he'd be let go after that either. Yeah, and I don't I don't think so either, especially with how Ted Thompson seems very committed to stability, even in the yeah. sense of you know bad players like Brad Jones getting to stay on the team for years and years. What if they get the two seed and are one and done? What does that do? Does that change anything? I mean, I, oh, I mean that's certainly feasible, but does that jeopardize his job even more so than maybe losing to Tampa? No, I don't think so. No? no. I, I guess I have no good explanation for that, but um, it's kind of the story. I think maybe a Dom Capers type of a thing where we might be looking for a new D coordinator, although he's had a better year this year, but I don't think you fire your head coach after being the two seed. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so, but at some point, doesn't this group of Rodgers and McCarthy have to start getting better in the playoffs? Oh, they, yeah, for sure. It sounds ridiculous to say about a team that won the Super Bowl, but they've been to one conference title game. As, as bad as like guys like Steve Young were in the playoffs, he went to four conference title games. They won a playoff game almost every year. Favre gets this bad rap for being this playoff loser. He had what? How many one-and-dones did he have? Like three in 13 playoff appearances? I mean, I know we're getting way ahead of things, but this is all the stuff that's going in my mind. Is it just feels this whole day just feels like yesterday was a complete reexamination of what this Packers squad is right now, and it felt like we were uh, sold a little bit of snake oil in the first three months of the season. And you shouldn't overreact to one game, but you know what the heck's the point of shows like this if you're not going to do that? Um, but yeah, it's just making me second guess everything. Where. It's been fun, but at some point, to justify keep going on, don't you have to accomplish something? I mean, winning the NFC North every year is not what this is supposed to be all about. Yeah, especially not when you have a guy on pace to be the best quarterback of all time. You would hope for a little bit more than that. You only have so long. I mean, he's over over 30 over that mark, so yeah. you don't have too much longer, so you'd like to see some better results. And it's frustrating as a fan, too, like we've talked about, to be one and done so often when you know you have such a good team. So... I don't think the coach gets fired, but it's definitely a problem if it happens again. 
Yeah, definitely. So let's stop talking about doom and gloom in the way, way future. They still got to beat those really, really tough Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Actually, I think they're playing uh, the Memphis Maniacs from the XFL, just judging by the <laughs> by the uniforms. And well, who's starting at quarterback for the Buccaneers? Is it still McCown now this weekend, probably? I'm guessing so. But I think he started last week, just just yesterday, so I would imagine so. I really hope it's Josh McCown. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to look that up now. Uh, are you worried about the Bulaga's injury? Beluga, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what was the other one? I, I saw uh, Bethany, our sister, talking about it on Facebook. I didn't hear it because I was at a, a party. but uh, Oh, I heard the Beluga one, and I just... Micaiah High or like, something like that. What was it? I think it was Micaiah High or Micaiah Oh, Micaiah High. High yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I lost track. Oh, the Beluga injury. I guess I haven't heard too much on it today. Well, he had a concussion, I thought, and okay. um, what do you? Th- uh, we're we were just talking about McCarthy, and then Balaga gets hurt, um, and then you have J.C. Treader one on one with Mario Williams with the game on the line without yes. any tight end protection. That just seemed, and, and a guy who's never played that position before, just another one yep. of those head scratchers. Nobody was on the top of their game yesterday, including the announcers. David DeHile, I mean, not a good day for him as a commentator. I didn't even know he was an announcer. He was pretty bad. Yeah, well, yeah, we got like the ninth string team. I mean, who, where was Buck and Aikman? I think they were supposed to. I think we were supposed to have a higher one, but but wasn't Cleveland and Cincinnati on Fox for some strange reason? Yeah, they threw out all the rules this year, so that any network can broadcast any game, and they I think they can. I don't, I'm not exactly sure how all that works. I think they can trade games or something like that, but that's thrown me off all year. Yeah, I heard the one team was supposed to be for Packers Bills, but then they had to they swapped it and they sent them to to Cleveland for that game instead. So we got backups. Okay. Yeah, so um uh, that's going to be the worst game ever. I tape all the games, but I don't imagine this game will be seen very much uh in the future by me. While I was trying to find out if Josh McCown was going to start, I came across an article that said that the Bears are second-guessing their decision to have kept Josh McCown over Jay Cutler and how bad of a choice that was. So how bad are things in Chicago when they're pining for the days when they had 35-year-old Josh McCown, who currently has a 72.6 quarterback rating for a 2-12 and football team? Yeah, you can regret having Jay Cutler as your long-term solution, but Josh McCown is not the answer <laughs> to that problem. So I, if that's an actual report, I think that's pretty ridiculous. But... I yeah. guess. I mean, things are that bad that I guess maybe somebody's thinking that. Hold on. That was written by John Gruden on the in uh, whatever that exclusive paid prescri- uh, uh, subscription section of ESPN is. So <laughs> that's He writes articles? I guess. I don't know. It doesn't say this guy right here, Jay Cutler. He just isn't very good. Talk about Josh McCown. That's a guy who can get you to the place you want to be at. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh so, okay, I don't really know where to take this. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that happened yesterday? No, I get, Johnny Manziel was terrible. I know that's oh, probably yeah. what everybody's heard already today on Sports Talk, but that was kind of crazy how bad he was. He didn't seem too bothered by it either if you saw him on the sidelines. No. So do you think yeah, that's I good mean, or bad for a football seen. team? To have a guy who just completely goes out there, has a horrible debut, and is still smiling. Do you find that as, hey, this guy's resilient, or hey, this guy's bad? Uh, Like, as a former, you know, uh, you you played some football. Imagine if you had a guy who just was horrible, who drug your whole team down, you got burned 30 to nothing in a game that really would have saved your season, and he just doesn't seem too affected by that. Do you think that's good or bad? Oh, I think it's bad. As a teammate, I would be furious. I 
there's different kinds of personalities, so you have to understand that. Like in sports, I'm I'm super intense, and there's some guys that are just, you know, they they go, they play. If they lose, it's whatever, and if they win, it's kind of whatever too. So I guess you kind of have to know who you're dealing with. But as a rookie going in as a quarterback playing that bad, I would have been pretty upset had I seen that on the <laughs> sideline. Yeah, I thought it was him and Hoyer were almost joking around when they yeah. were down in the fourth quarter, but yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, so that's strange. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. Uh, any chance Harbaugh comes back for San Francisco? Zero percent chance. What about Kaepernick? I think Kaepernick will be back. I think they'll give him another shot with a different coach. With a different coach, I mean, what else are you going to do? Are you going to draft somebody right away at the end of the first round? I'd, he's probably their best bet if you can maybe get some kind of a quarterback coach in there for him. Yeah, um, he, yeah, you gotta have something new. I guess I don't really understand, um, I don't know, he never was that good in the first place. I mean, we've joked on this show before that Dom Capers basically got him that contract, cause outside of that, he hasn't been very good against almost anybody else. Yeah. Um, he's a winner. He's one of those guys who's a winner, which, Jim Harbaugh was a winner too, so, bad stats on a team that inexplicably bailed him out no matter how poorly he played, I guess is, uh, the winner. That's how. That's all you have to do to become a winner. That can't be that. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. He's a. He's a definite winner. Back in his Jets days, he was the winningest winner. Um. Yeah. I. I guess. Um. I wanted to talk a little bit, maybe, about the AFC playoff seeds. But do you think that it's probably going to be those three AFC North teams that are going to sew everything up after what happened to San Diego? Yeah, I think so. I think they're all better than San Diego too. So I. I think if they played on a neutral field, I'll, I'll take all three of those teams over the Chargers. So I think basically just looking at teams who I think are better, I, I would take any of those three. And looking real quick, Buffalo has Oakland on the road, and then they have at New England. So they have an outside shot of going to the playoffs, but I doubt that will happen at this point, I think. Um, I would like to see a matchup of like a, an Indy at home versus Buffalo or something like that. I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, I think that would be kind of interesting. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Buffalo can slow down Tom Brady like he did Manning, uh, they did to Manning and Rodgers. Yeah. Um, although knowing the way the NFL is, they'll probably get lit up by Derek Carr now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably. Okay, let's real quick. Uh, this has been a very depressing show, and hopefully next week they can beat the card. Not even the Cardinals. I was thinking of McCown when he was with the Cardinals 150 years ago. The Buccaneers, they can beat them, and... Uh, have they ever won in that stadium? That They've had, yeah, they, in the nineties, I they had to have won there a bunch of times. Um, no, because it's they, they have won there, but no, the that stadium opened in ninety eight, and that's when they started oh, okay. like a Metrodome esque gotcha. streak there. But they beat them in uh, uh, two thousand three. It was the year after the Chad Clifton cheap shot game, and I think that's the one where they had. They ran for like a million yards. It was one of those games where uh, it was clear that Amon Green was kind of the strength of the team. I don't know if you remember that game, but I, I, now I start remembering that one. So, yeah, they got a chance to win there, but like we said earlier, Aaron Rodgers has had a rough time in that stadium. All right, let's real quick make our Week 16 picks. And no surprise to anyone, I still have not tabulated the scores for our picks. Um, I assume, Matt, we're probably pretty close, but I would guess you have the lead. Yeah, I, I don't have any idea at this point either. Nope. Okay, actually, I just counted them right now while we're sitting here. I'm actually 20, I'm 20 games ahead <laughs> is what I just determined here. Okay, Thursday night football, a great, great way to end oh. the season. Titans at Jags. Oh, my gosh. How did this get scheduled? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is not one where you, you 
take a bet on some surprise teams that they disappoint you. Nobody in the world, including fans of those two teams, thought that these teams were going anywhere. Yeah, it really sums up the the Thursday night game for the whole year. I wonder if they'll kind of reconsider this game. It's been so bad. And, I mean, not only has the game been bad, but this matchup, why would you have this? It makes absolutely <laughs> no sense on national TV. It's probably just the NFL saying, you know what, screw you fans, you'll watch anyways. But I <laughs> will not be tuning into this one, I don't think. Yeah. Um, I'll take Jacksonville at home, I guess. Why not? Yeah, um, I don't even know who's Tennessee's quarterback right now. I don't either. I don't, I don't know who their starter is either. Uh, I think it's Billy Volick. Probably is. They'd probably be better off if it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll take Jacksonville as well for no other reason than they're at home. Saturday football returns late in the season. This was one of my favorite things back in the day. Uh, of course, in true modern NFL fashion, they can never have anything at noon where it's fun to watch and you can have the rest of your day. No, everything's got to be in the late na- uh, late afternoon and prime time. But Eagles at Redskins. So RG3, uh, Matt has professed for years that RG3 is one of the very best the NFL has to offer. Um, I'm assuming he stands by that. Can he beat the Eagles? Hey, at least I gave up on him last year. You were still on board like three weeks ago. So, I, But I'm going to take Philly even being on the road here. I, Washington's got a chance, but I, I think they're just they're really bad. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, yeah. Even when RG3's played this year, they're putting up like seven points a game. Yeah, I just... I, for some reason, just can't shake the RG3 of 2012, but that was a long, long time ago, so I'll, I'll take the Eagles. Chargers at 49ers. Uh, two teams who are, well, 49ers are officially out of it. The Chargers are on life support. Uh, so still a matchup of semi-solid teams. Who's going to win this one? Yeah, cool Super Bowl 29 rematch. Um, cool contrast. I'll take, yeah, I, they should wear those uniforms for that game. That'd be awesome. I'll take the Chargers, other than I think San Francisco's checked out and San Diego still has something to play for. So, Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think yeah. San Francisco, even when they were checked in, couldn't really score very much, uh, home or away. And so I think San Diego's got enough. It'll probably be a real ugly game, like a 19-17 to 17 kind of thing, but I'll take mm-hmm. the Chargers. All right, now we get into Sunday. The Vikings at the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I proclaim them to be the best team in the AFC that's not going to make the playoffs. And then, uh, like clockwork, the wheels came flying off that yeah, train. Now. Yeah, they're horrible. And the Vikings seem like they're kind of a scrappy bunch who's uh, improving every week. Although yesterday they, they gave one away that they maybe should have won. Who's going to win this one? I'll take Miami. Uh, yeah, Minnesota's been more impressive than I thought they were going to be this year. But uh, still not a very good team. Miami at home. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. The Ravens at the Texans. I think Fitzpatrick broke his leg, so um, David Carr starting now for the Texans. I they had somebody. Tom Savage, I think, is that. Oh. Okay. Tom Savage, right? Who's the actor? I get him confused. Oh, Ben uh, Savage. Ben Savage is Corey from Boy Meets World. Yep. Fred Savage is Kevin Fred Arnold. Savage. So, so I, Tom Savage is the Texans quarterback. So who would I think be a better choice? Signed- than- I was just they gonna... just signed um, uh, T.J. Yates off the Buccaneers practice squad, oh, who, who may start, but I bet yeah. it's still Savage. But I don't think that Houston has a chance, no matter which one of those two guys plays. Who's a better quarterback, Ben Savage, Fred Savage, or Tom Savage? Or Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, man. Um, I guess I'll go Fred Savage. Okay, I'm I, I'm going to sure. go with the Macho Man, because at least he would, uh, you know, he'd probably be a little more effective running the ball if, yeah, if maybe. the play broke down. Um, so I'm going to take the, did you take the Texans? I did not. Okay, yeah, that would have been <laughs> foolish of you. I'm going to take the Ravens. Yep. The Lions at Bears in a game that means absolutely nothing since the Packers lost yesterday. Yeah, but I guess uh, Detroit's still in the playoff hunt. Uh, I think they win this one on the road. 
Um, you know what? I'm going to actually take the Bears. I, I just don't think the Lions are scoring enough, and it feels like they're not that much better than the Bears. Uh, so I think Chicago might be able to steal one from them. And the Lions, even if they lose, I think, and it depends on what happens to Philadelphia, but I think the Lions are still in pretty good shape even if they lose uh, as yeah. far as a first-round buy is concerned. The a lot pro- of bad games this weekend. Well, there's a lot of bad teams in the league. It feels yeah. like everybody's just so even that it's hard to get that excited about any of these because I guess I don't trust that anybody's good. Uh, the Browns at the Panthers. Um I think I would assume Johnny Football gets to play again, and Cam Newton. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he's questionable, may play, but I, I man, that's a tough one. Carolina's looked a little better the last couple of weeks, and if Cleveland plays anything like they did <laughs> yesterday, they've got no shot even against the Carolina team at home. So I'll take the Panthers. I'll take the Panthers as well. I wanted to point out that Cam Newton, as much as of a knucklehead as he seems at time, seeing him on the sidelines interacting with Derek Anderson, he has kind of a Michael Irvin-ish. A vibe to him where you always would see Irvin be really cocky and and demonstrative on the field, but all of those guys would say how great of a teammate he was. And uh, I was recently watching an old Cowboy game that they were going to lose, and it, they all played horrible, and Irvin was just like going up to guys like Aikman and Smith and just being like, hey, man, don't worry about it. We're fine. And it was kind of unexpected for, you know, somebody like me who just remembers Michael Irvin with his outbursts and being kind of a yeah. jerk. And Newton has kind of the same vibe where you see, like, gosh, why does anybody follow this guy? He stinks, and he makes weird choices, but then you see him, you know, trying to rally the team. And you understand why guys like him get to stick around and guys like maybe uh, Kaepernick or Jay Cutler kind of go away. Sure. Falcons at Saints. Uh, this one is going to be very important, uh, also contingent on what the Saints do tonight. Yeah, it, this is a tough one. I'll take the Falcons on the road because it's in New Orleans, and the Saints <laughs> stink at home all of a sudden this year. So I, I honestly, I think Atlanta's the better team too, and I know their defense is miserable, but uh, New Orleans has just been so bad and so inconsistent. And maybe it's just my expectations for the two teams. Maybe I kind of expected this out of Atlanta, and definitely not out of New Orleans. But I, I guess I like Atlanta better. I can't imagine the Saints losing five straight at home. That just seems ridiculous. Well, you couldn't imagine them losing four straight at home either. No, that's fair, but I think Atlanta's a little worse than any of the other teams they've played. Atlanta's pass defense is awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Packers, barely trying, had 500 yards of total offense, and I think they still have a Hall of Fame quarterback, so I'll take the Saints. The Chiefs at the Steelers. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, if the Steelers win, they clinch the division, and Kansas City, another team that looked real strong a couple weeks ago and now just looks completely hopeless. Although they yeah. did beat the Raiders yesterday and probably a nail-biter. Yeah, Kansas City's really hard to gauge. I I think I like Pittsburgh more, and I like their running game, so it'll probably be kind of low-scoring, but I think I like the Steelers to win. Yeah, Kansas City actually beat the Raiders 31-13. to I had absolutely zero recollection of that game actually occurring yesterday, but I'll take Pittsburgh at home. Cool contrasters, though, that game. Yeah, be. for sure. Patriots at Jets. Uh, Patriots. I agree. Giants at Rams. Ooh, I, I'll go with St. Louis in that one. I, they look pretty good, and the Giants kind of stink. Yeah, they really got the Rams really got shut down against the Cardinals, but the Giants are on a little bit of a roll here. Um, I guess sort of. I mean, they they fell to three and eight, and now they're what up to five and nine, so they're they're doing a little bit better. But <laughs> two out of three—that's a roll. <laughs> I'll take the Rams. Uh, Bills at Raiders. Uh, definitely the Bills here. I've, they've got everything to play for. Oakland's done. So. Buffalo. Yeah, um, 
they are the Buffalo Bills, so they definitely could lose this game. But I guess I want to believe that the Bills can beat the Raiders uh, after what they did to the Packers. Uh, in one of the a really, really good game, the Colts at the Cowboys. This should be really interesting. Dallas actually 7-0 and on the road this year and 3-4 and at home. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a tough one because Murray might not play. And, I mean, obviously he's a big piece. So I think you're kind of looking at a shootout here. I... Man, it's hard. I, I think I maybe like Dallas's pieces a little bit better. I think they're, I don't know their defensive statistics, but I, I just think that Indy's defense is really bad, and I guess, I guess I'll take the Cowboys be, because they're at home. Yeah, Dallas, uh, defensively right now, they've, ooh, they've fallen. They're 19th in points, 22nd in yards. Um, yeah, it really depends on DeMarco Murray. I'm actually going to take the Colts in this game as much as I really, really, really want Dallas to win because it would be much better for the Packers' playoff chances because um, there's a chance that the Packers could beat Tampa Bay and they could lose to Detroit and miss the playoffs at 11-5 and um, with a tiebreaker with Dallas. So Dallas has to win this game. But if DeMarco Murray's not up to snuff, um, oh man, but now that it, yeah, you're right, that Colts defense is not good either, is it? Um I'll stick with the Colts just to kind of make it interesting here. Dallas just seems to... It feels like everybody gets a big charge out of playing in that huge stadium, and Dallas has pretty much yeah. been awful there since it was created. Is is that right? feels like it. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Seahawks at Cardinals. Is there any chance that somehow the Cardinals can pull off the upset? No, there's no chance. <laughs> I would love to say there is. At least it's in Arizona, maybe some kind of freak miracle, but... That defense is good, but that offense isn't going to get anything done. Even if Seattle wins, nine, puts up nine points, it might be enough. So I, I think Seattle's going to win this one for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I want to believe that something crazy could happen. But, yeah, since Seattle lost to the Chiefs, they've allowed 3, 3, 14, and 7 points uh, wow. in four games. And so I don't feel any reason to believe that that should change. So I think the Cardinals will win, or the uh, Seahawks will win this game. But, gosh, would that be awesome if they didn't. Yeah, that would be great. And finally, a good Monday night football game. The Broncos at the Bengals. Peyton Manning has had a rough go at it a couple weeks. Uh, Yesterday he apparently had the stomach flu, but then the week before that he had some uh, trouble with the Bills. He wasn't all that great against Kansas City. So, A, who's going to win? And, B, um, do you think this may be the end for Peyton Manning that we're seeing the last few weeks of this year? I don't think it's the end, but it's not looking good. They just lost Danny Trevathan for the year, one of their best defensive players. I think they're getting Julius Thomas back now. If he didn't play yesterday, I guess I didn't see much of that game. But um, I don't think it's the end. I don't think just in the middle of the year like that you lose it, unless he's really feeling that much muscle fatigue or something from those injuries. Mm -hmm. I'll take Denver here, but it's kind of tentative. You don't like how that offense is playing, but I I still think they've got enough firepower to to win this game and still get some uh, maybe the two-seed or some in the playoffs. Yeah, I have no reason to trust Cincinnati against a good team. Um, they've gotten yeah on a Monday night game. It's, you you kind of think they're going to get blown out here potentially. Yeah, they've gotten creamed by the Patriots. They got shut out by the Colts, who's not very good defensively. Uh, they got destroyed by Pittsburgh at home a couple weeks ago. So I, you know, unless until they prove otherwise, I think you gotta pick Denver here. All right, now before we uh, talk about the Packer game, uh, we did have some comments on Facebook, which we probably should have read earlier um, when uh, we were talking about the Packers-Bills game, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I have to rant and rant and rant just to get it off my chest, so there's no time for any of you listeners to contribute to the show. 
but we'll uh, bring it in here. Um, I asked uh, this. I, of course, being my mopey self, I said in the last seven hours, the season became far less fun. How are you feeling? Brian Dinsey, one of our great fans, says, horrible and disappointed that this is looking like a one-and-done season. Daniel Johnson said, I don't think the selection committee will have us in the top four, but we still have two weeks to impress them, and thankfully we have a division championship to end the season. Uh, division championship game to end the season. I think the top four teams in the NFL right now are Patriots, Broncos, Seahawks, and Cardinals. Um, not sure I agree with you about the Cardinals, but you know they do have 11 wins. And Best record in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> they're so definitely I, not the, one of the top four best teams. I don't think at this point with their current situation at quarterback, but I, they've earned where they're sitting. Yeah, they're the Florida State right now of the NFL top four. Uh, and then Corey Bend, we alluded to this comment earlier, but he said, I find it kind of stunning that of all people, I... Uh, I'm so often the voice of moderation amongst Packer fans. A couple of weeks ago, all I heard from our contingent was Super Bowl. But I guess now we suck and have no hope of doing anything. Slow down, people. For goodness sakes, it's a throwaway game in Buffalo. That was the least important game on our remaining schedule, and it was a road game against the desperate 7-6 uh, and six team in a short week. Those are traps waiting to happen. As long as we win the last two, we're probably the two seed in the playoffs. And if you had told us in week eight that we were going to have a shot at that, we'd have gladly taken it. Uh, so I think he, he has some strong points there. Um, I obviously I disagree about that being a meaningless game just because of you know what it's done to open the door for Seattle. But uh, yeah, I'm probably overreacting. The sky is not falling yet. Um, it just feels a little bit closer to us than it was yesterday. Sure. Real quick, I know we're we're really long here, but we are both Wisconsin sports fans. Uh, do we want to take a quick second to talk about Gary Anderson and what that means for the future oh, yeah. of the Badgers, uh, Badgers program? Sure. I, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to change much. I mean, you get a guy back who's been in the system is is going to keep running the same stuff that we've been running for the last two decades. So, I to me, I think a team like the Badgers, I don't know how much the coach really matters. You kind of recruit the guys that you recruit, and you run the system that you run. You're going to get your offensive linemen and your your running backs, and it's some linebackers and, and defensive tackles. So I think. Really, I mean, you got a guy with a, a good name. He's coached elsewhere. I guess I couldn't tell you what his record has been at Pittsburgh, but I think it's a good enough hire. Yeah, I think the thing that kind of was disappointing about him is he really didn't transcend that program, and they've been kind of where the, they, they never were bad um, or great, but, I mean, they had some, what, they, they've they been okay uh, recently. but Yeah. Yeah, um, it'll be nice to get a guy that, uh, the, the thing they said about Gary Anderson while he left, or he claimed he wanted to get back to the West Coast, uh, some people have said that he didn't like the fact that he couldn't get guys into the school, so it was hard to recruit, which I said, you know, what a stupid argument. for a, for a, If Stanford can win football games, get over it at Wisconsin. Right. I mean, come on. Um, also, one thing I do find a little bit concerning, although not too much, is that the perception that maybe Barry Alvarez has two hands-on as the athletic director on this program, and his response to that um, criticism, which he probably doesn't think is true, but to say, yeah, well, I give those guys, you know, they they get a chance to take over this squad, but, you know, since we have a coaching vacancy, I'm going to coach the bowl game. I mean, that just seems kind of weird. I, I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit kind of concerned about that this time around. Last time it was like, oh, awesome, Barry's coming back. But this time it's just kind of like, all right, man, like, <laughs> you're the AD, you're done. Just, like, let one of the other, you know, assistants or something step in and finish, finish the season. It's a little strange for him to be coming back down this time, to me at least. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think that it was kind of fun that last time it was the Rolls Bowl is a big game, but for the Outback Bowl, um, I know some of the players asked him, so maybe that's why he's doing it, but... 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it just if your program's getting criticized for you being too controlling, and then you come in and coach the bowl game when this would be a tremendous opportunity to allow one of your uh, major coordinators, who are all getting million dollar salaries uh, or, or close, getting the opportunity to showcase their skills uh, to the rest of the nation and really prolong their or uh, really have a nice stepping stone for their careers. I just feel like eesh, I, I don't know if I agree with that choice. Um, yeah, I guess there's no need to really talk about Melvin Gordon. He's leaving for the NFL. Do you think he'll be successful? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, you, you got to get in the right situation, but I think being in the middle to late first-round pick like he probably will be, he, he probably can land somewhere where he could do some good things. So I think he's probably the more talented of the backs they've had. I thought Monte would be a little bit better than he's been so far, too, though. So, mm-hmm. um, But I think Melvin's just a little bit more explosive. So I think he'll have probably the best career out of all of them. Yeah, I think he he reminds me a lot of Larry Johnson, um, where he's powerful. He's not the, he doesn't look that fast, but then he outruns a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Larry Johnson would be that great in the NFL, and he turned out to have a really nice career. And uh, obviously, just from the body type and the number and the style of play, he he reminds me a lot of Jamal Charles as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, that remains to be seen. Hopefully, he doesn't go to somebody that we don't like. All right, and uh, what are your real quick thoughts on the top four, the first playoffs ever uh, in college football? Uh, if you want to take a few seconds to give your reaction on that. I think they did it the right way. It's it's tough because I think you you definitely, they, they took the easy way out for sure, but it would have been really hard to put in TCU and not put in Baylor. You couldn't really do that because they lost head-to-head. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to put in Baylor and leave out TCU. So I, I think it's definitely the easy way out, but I've got no argument with it. I think it was right. Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's disappointing that the first year you have a playoff, you have three teams that have been around the national title picture for, like, forever. I mean, it would have been fun to see, like, a Baylor in there or a TCU. Uh, as much as it's it's nice to have the prestige, and there are still going to be fresh matchups. To me, it's a little bit exhausting to once again say, here's Florida State, here's Ohio State, here's Alabama. I mean, you and I have been watching college football for 20 years, and it feels like those are the always the teams that are up there. It'd be nice to see a Baylor or somebody get a chance. But I think with this top four, uh, the way that it's gone this year is, I bet you we're no more than five years away from an eight-team playoff. Yeah, oh yeah, I would say probably even closer than that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And as far as the, I've heard people complain about the the Rose Bowl no longer having the Pac-10 versus Big Ten, I say, big deal. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, did, did anybody really get all jazzed up about beating a, Eight and four Washington State team, rather than having a chance to win a national title or, or beat one of the best teams in the country. I don't think so. At least not our generation of fans. Yeah, I mean, as a lifelong Big Ten fan, it's a. I, I feel a little bit of sadness, but this is better. I guess it's. Uh, I will miss the classic Rose Bowl matchups, but yeah, this but, is better. But what are the two classic Rose Bowls of your and I life? Your in my lifetime, Texas against Michigan and Texas against USC. Yeah, that's true. So I think. Um, I think as long as it's a good game, it'll be fine. I wish they'd put a Super Bowl back in that stadium, because that stadium just looks so cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, and one last thing before we pick the Packer game. Uh, You can always comment like Brian, Daniel, and Corey did on the Facebook page. That's Green and Gold Forever Podcast on Facebook. You can tweet at me, at Green Gold Forever. Um, I think it was Chris Stanzo, one of our great fans, was tweeting at me yesterday on there. And so that's always a fun way to interact, especially during the games. And you can see how crazy I am during the games, um, which I... I tried to give insightful points and not just be angry, but, uh, you know, a little bit of both happen. And also, uh, 
KZ Radio. I will be on there once again for the Green and Gold Forever preview on Friday. And that's 92.9 in Appleton in the Fox Cities, 104.3 in Green Bay. And I believe the 104.3 signal goes all the way to Seymour, Matt. So all of our fans in Seymour, uh, they better get ready for the Green and Gold Forever preview. All of you who are all over the country, you can listen to it at mykzradio.com. And, uh, Matt, now we have the Buccaneers. It seems like it should be a really easy game, but I'm feeling a little bit gun-shy after yesterday. I guess I'm not. I I just know how bad this Tampa team is, and I think even on their best day, you're not going to lose that game. And they're going to be all amped up after a loss against Buffalo. You're on the road again, which makes me, if anything, feel a little bit unsettled against a team you've struggled with at times before. But I just think with the way they're currently constructed, I don't think they have a chance. Yeah, um, I'm not going to guarantee a win, but I would be <laughs> extremely surprised if they lost. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm just going to have to trust Aaron Rodgers in that offense that they'll get better. Uh, uh, Mike Evans is that his name, the rookie? Yeah, um, that he kind of scares me after seeing what Julio Jones did, but um, we'll see. I think, I guess I'll buy into the old cliche that this was the kick in the pants that they needed to get back into gear, and uh, I'll trust that Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays like the MVP. All right, so for Matt in Altoona, I am Eric in Oshkosh. Hopefully there are better days ahead, and if not, uh, you can come back next week and we'll complain about these horrible days that have occurred. So um, hopefully you enjoy the week, and uh, we still have a few games left, and uh, hopefully the Packers can still make a special season uh, despite the setback yesterday. Take care, everyone.